We wanted to create a community of people that feel connected through South Asian fashion and just want to be more sustainable and conscious when they're shopping for that. So we looked up what friendship, what community means, what female empowerment means in Sanskrit. We were able to find the word Sakya, which is kind of a definition of all of those things. Sakya is a marketplace, a resale marketplace, where you can buy and sell pre-loved South Asian clothing. Our job at Sakya is, as the intermediary between these two sides of our marketplace, is to ensure that both parties are happy, one with the sale and one with their purchase. And so it's a really hassle-free, simple way to clear a closet, make some money, be sustainable, and kind of pay it forward. Welcome to Mindful Businesses, presented by Sarani, and I'm your host, Vidya Ayer. In our podcast, we bring to you brands that are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business employs sustainable social, economic, and environmental practices. Today, we have with us Priyasha Shah, founder of Shop Sakya. South Asian fashion resale. She joins us from New York City, New York. Welcome, Priyasha. Hi, Vidya. Thank you so much for having me. Indian and other South Asian countries are known for their fabrics from raw cotton to silks. The traditional generational craftsmen, even to this date, weave using techniques, tools, and methods that they learned from their forefathers. Indian saris and outfits made by skilled artists, embroidered and with vibrant colors, have of late been seen at the Cannes to the Met Gala. Where do you think this trend is going? I've grown up, and just as a preface, my mom has been a huge inspiration for me growing up and watching her drape herself in beautiful South Asian you know, fabrics, textiles, like you mentioned, that are just fully adorned with all this ornate embroidery. To be able to see it on you know western stages now at such high-end fashion houses different designers in the u.s you know adopting a lot of those techniques it's really really beautiful to be able to see south asian fashion being put on the global stage now and being born and raised in the u.s being able to see that kind of come to fruition and grow so much throughout my lifetime and my generation has been really empowering because it makes me want to continue to showcase the beauty and the artistry behind South Asian fashion. Most of our trips to India, for me, my girls and my family, is we would always have a few days dedicated to do our shopping for Indian clothes. What was your experience going back to India? I think that was one of the most exciting parts, besides all the food I get to eat. One of the most exciting parts of being in India was getting to go shopping with my relatives, my aunts and my cousins there who love fashion in India, which is a few years ahead of the fashion, the South Asian fashion that's here in the U.S. And so being able to just see the sheer volume of different choices in India was so almost overwhelming at first, but it made me so excited because the opportunities for what you can wear, how you can style, you know, yourself. And you're right. Every single time I've gone to India, almost a week was dedicated to just shopping. And like everybody, we probably overshop and get all these things. Just the vibrancy of the colors, the craftsmanship, you know, and what shocks me when I go to India is the number of colors, the risks that the designers take. 
Whereas if you go here, people wear black, people wear white, because there's never a bad black. There's never a color that of black that your customer will not likes. But in India, they seem to be taking the risk, the designers, and that kind of excites me to try the yellows and the ochres and the magentas. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of us tend to feel unsure about how to incorporate South Asian fashion to casual wear here in the U.S. because the cultures are just so different. In South Asia, it's vibrant, it's lively, it's ornate, it's sparkly. Whereas here, things are muted and earth tones and nude tones and trying to merge the two can be challenging at times. From this, let's segue to what do you do? You have a business and it resells South Asian fashion. Correct. Sakya is a marketplace, a resale marketplace, where you can buy and sell pre-loved South Asian clothing, whether you've been sitting on a few years of really beautiful, great condition pieces that you've only worn two or three times in your life. You can list that online with us to sell. And there's a huge market here in the US, other parts of the world as well, that are looking for just sustainable and accessible South Asian fashion. Not everyone has that access that you and I spoke about where we can just go to India and shop for two to three days to go and find affordable South Asian clothing. So it's just imperative to be able to create a space where people can access that here in the U.S. in an affordable and sustainable way. And I'd like to stop for a moment and explain to people what the word Sakya means. The origin of Sakya started by myself and my co-founder, who's my best friend. We were kind of brainstorming, what does this business really mean? I think what we distilled it down to was we wanted to create a community of people that feel connected through South Asian fashion and just want to be more sustainable and conscious when they're shopping for that. And so we looked up what friendship, what community means, what female empowerment means, in Sanskrit, we were able to find the word Sakya, which is kind of a definition of all of those things, community, friendship, empowerment through friendship. And that just stuck. And it just, it felt like this is exactly defining what our mission is. Basically, I would say more than friendship, you know, it's a complete mutual love and bond between women is what Sakya in my mind means. And I think that's the community where you have a lot of clothes and hey, you know, here you can get it for half the price, one fourth the price of what I paid. As a lot of us know now who attend extravagant weddings here in the US and over the years have become more and more beautiful, extravagant, just the grandeur is on a different scale now. We feel as though we have to kind of match that in the clothing we wear, but South Asian fashion in the U.S. is so expensive, growingly expensive, where it's becoming less and less accessible for a large population of South Asians and non-South Asians as well. And often people may not want to be seen in the same clothes <laughs> in a wedding in the same season, right? Because you're posting on Instagram, you're posting on social media, and often it's probably a cousin or a friend who mingle in the same circles. So you need to keep on buying those clothes for every wedding. You can end up accumulating quite a few of those. Absolutely. So... I have all these langas or silver kameezas. How do I put it up on your website? 
We currently have a self-serve platform, which we launched about a year and a half ago, where you just need a few pieces of information about each of the outfits you're interested in selling. That includes some photos that you've taken, a few measurements, a brief description, and the condition of the outfit. And using our online tool, you can submit a listing for each outfit, which will then directly translate to a listing that goes on our platform. And you will see it live within you know, a few days. But on our end, we have our curation team, which is myself and a couple of others that we've added to the team who look through the pieces digitally, make sure that it's we have all the information we need. The photos are in the right quality and the right file type, all these different digital kind of requirements and criteria. But within minutes, you can upload your listing and we will do the rest of the work to find buyers for you. And as soon as we find you a buyer, they can place an order directly on our site and we send you a shipping label and you directly ship your outfit to the buyer. And so it's a really hassle-free, simple way to clear a closet, make some money, be sustainable, and kind of pay it forward. Something that you know you have sitting in your closet could be very valuable to somebody who else who would need it for their next event. That's a little bit how our seller process works. So do you tell them like which angles to take it? You know, because you want your site to have a cohesive look. Right. So do the sellers listen to it? Do they pay heed to it? Yeah, I think this is a really big component of understanding what is going to help our sellers as best as we can. Uh, we have two different types of users on our platform. We have people who want to upload their outfits to sell and we have buyers who are interested in buying. So we're kind of trying to figure out how to best create a platform that makes the selling process as easy as possible. And a lot of that has to do with educating and providing resources for our sellers to show them, hey, this is how you take photos. This is the type of photo, this is the lighting, this is you know the distance away from the outfit, this is the quality of photo you need to market your items to make them look like something that people would want to buy. You are listing your outfits for sale, so you want to make them look as beautiful as possible. And a lot of the times that's a challenge for our sellers because they might not be as digitally savvy or know how to take the right types of photos. But the growing popularity of reels do you allow videos? You know, it would probably humanize it if I say, hey, by the way, I'm Vidya. This is my sari. I bought it for my wedding and I would like somebody else to use it. Have you thought about videos? We have considered it. I think it's something that we would love to get into in the future, maybe. But right now, even handling the education around how to take proper product photography of your own outfits has so many variables that we feel that videos might add an extra complexity for a lot of sellers. So we're trying to keep that seller process as simple as possible so that the barrier for them to feel like, hey, this is something that I can actually do on my own is as low as we can make it. Any new business, first sale is very exciting. Which was your first sale? Do you remember? Absolutely, I remember. It was a friend of mine, actually. She is not South Asian. However, she has a lot of South Asian friends in her community. And so she was looking to purchase something from Sakya. And she actually ended up buying one of my mom's 
old silk saris, which is so beautiful. It was like a watercolor print silk sari made in India. My mom's had it for several years and she was our first buyer. And that I will never forget that just because she's a dear friend of mine and she's never owned a sari before, I think. And to have her support in that way meant a lot to me. Um, but also the fact that it was my mom's and it was something that was vintage and just, you know, taken such great care of. It was special. And as a new business, sometimes it's good to have those friendly purchases where the person says, hey, I had these hurdles while making the purchase, which can help you when you have friends and family test it out and give you honest feedback. In our early days, for the first few months, I was constantly having conversations with friends who have bought from us and even friends who decided, hey, this is not for me. And I, you know, there's absolutely no judgment there, no hard feelings. I just really wanted to understand how I can best serve the people that I'm here to help and support and what can make our platform better. And some of our, my closest friends and family gave me such great feedback on how to market some of these secondhand pieces, how to properly educate our users, how to handle the customer service if there's you know issues with the product that they had purchased, because Sakya doesn't actually see any of our products that are bought and sold on our platform in person. Everything is digital. That's a huge part of the trust that we're creating within our community is sell something that you would want to purchase yourself and sell something in great condition and make sure that it's taken care of so that the person buying it from you has a great, pleasant experience and would want to buy from you again. And so that initial feedback in the early days meant a lot. So how do you assure that what they're even posting is what they have? They may say in good, excellent, liking you, condition, you know, whatever the different levels of um, condition are, but there may be a food stain in a folded and you never see it. How do you assure that it's clean? It's what the seller says it is. Presenting your outfits for sale. You want to be as honest with potential buyers. It's in your best interest to do that, uh, especially when you're working with a third-party seller like Sakya, someone who's facilitating these transactions, just because we're creating a trusted marketplace and our goal is for our sellers to be as upfront about any defects, damages, anything like that as possible. Do you have seller ratings like Facebook Marketplace? Right, exactly. So right now we don't have a seller ratings feature that's available on the platform yet. That's a feature that we are working on kind of implementing. However, we work internally with each of our sellers to make sure, hey, we got this you know, feedback from one of your buyers and it's in your best interest to be able to, for future purchases, be as upfront as possible. Otherwise, that'll affect your relationship with whether or not you are able to sell with Sakya in the future. And when we do have seller ratings, we would be able to you know, have any of our buyers provide their feedback on what their experience was and you would get bumped up to the top of our product list if your ratings are great. And if you have some, you know, dings on your ratings, you would potentially be bumped to the bottom of the list, whatever it is to help incentivize our sellers to be as upfront as possible. Seller ratings are a really important feature that we plan to have in the future. Right now, we internally discuss with our sellers if there have been any negative reviews. But what we do is as a mediator between buyer and seller right now, if 
the buyer sees any issue where the listing was not as described, the outfit was not as described, we actually go back to the seller and let them know. And we work with them to see if they can provide an additional discount or any sort of way to compensate the buyer for uh, the discrepancy in the listing. So our job at Sakya is as the intermediary between these two sides of our marketplace is to ensure that both parties are happy, one with the sale and one with their purchase. That's our ultimate goal. So how are you different than Facebook Marketplace or an eBay store having just the dedicated products? What is the additional services that you offer to the seller and to the buyer? What sets us apart from a lot of these other marketplaces is you can sell anything and everything you want there. So when it comes to resources and guides to help you understand how to properly market and sell South Asian clothing, that's a whole different beast. One of those beasts are sizing and fit and understanding that South Asian clothing doesn't just fit small, medium, large, extra large. There's a bust size and there's a blouse length and there's a shoulder to shoulder measurement. There's a waist size. All of those things, knowing how to measure that as a seller is not common for most people to understand. You're not always measuring these types of parts of your body or parts of your garment. So what we do at Sakya is provide as many resources and tools as possible to help people understand how to sell their South Asian clothing, which has, you know, a lot of differentiating elements to it than just regular Western clothing. I think that's very important so that people feel like, okay, I know how to sell South Asian apparel and garments, which is totally different than any other type of garment you would own in your closet. Do you have a background in fashion design? What is your background that drew you other than just these beautiful clothes in your mother's closet? Yeah. So I have a background in engineering. I did chemical engineering, process engineering. Like all good Indian children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was where I started my professional journey outside of university. And I went directly into the workforce working in a giant manufacturing facility that produced plastic water bottles. And through that, I was able to see a glimpse, a really detailed view of what types of waste and the sheer volume of waste that is created as a byproduct of manufacturing all of these everyday household items, consumer products that we use and we don't even think about. We, a lot of times, only think about, okay, I drink this bottle of water and I throw it in the recycling versus throwing it in a landfill type of garbage can. However, the amount of waste that's produced even before that water bottle reaches your hands is astonishing. And I was able to see that when I worked in a lot of these factories. And so that's where my passion for finding sustainable solutions and being able to make an impact in sustainability started to grow. Although working there, my role was focused on trying to minimize and reduce this waste, which was very exciting. However, I wanted to make an impact in an area that I was more passionate about. That's where the fashion piece comes in. I just grew up loving fashion, dressing up, buying and selling secondhand Western clothing was something that I did a lot of as a young adult, as a college student. And thrifting became a passion of mine just because I loved finding unique ways to, you know, stand out when it came to dressing up every day. And so I wanted to be able to bring that secondhand or thrifting or pre-loved marketplace to South Asian clothing, which is 
a huge you know, gap that I felt like I saw as I started attending lots of weddings as a young adult. That's kind of where the two collided and I decided to start Zakia. Yeah, and vintage clothing is so in. My kids are wearing my old clothes. I would have saved far more of them if I knew I would have girls who would actually wear my clothes. How do you give washing instructions? Is that not your responsibility or care instructions? Because these fabrics are numerous and often artisanal. They don't really come with a care label. So do you offer some suggestions or support or resources? Yeah, we do provide resources around how to take care of your garments so that they do become something that you can sell in the future. So a lot of garments don't, like you mentioned, don't have care labels. A lot of them can only be dry cleaned and some of them can only be hand washed and not even dry cleaned. And it's important to be able to understand that. I think there's a lot of education that still needs to be done around that. But one of the biggest things that we urge all of our sellers to do is When you are wearing your own outfits, think of it as something that you are taking care of and investing in so that you can sell it in the future. So whether it is instantly, you know, spot cleaning any stains or making sure that you go to the dry cleaners right after you've worn it to take care of it, that way it's in the best condition you can uh, sell it at. Now these products are on your platform. The pictures are beautiful, attractive. The descriptions are there, potentially, you know, any condition notations. And who decides the price? We have a guide around kind of a rule of thumb for how to set pricing, depending on the condition of your outfit, the style of the outfit. We let our sellers set the price ahead of time and they get to determine what they would feel comfortable selling the item at. However, what we would do when we kind of do our diligence to review each outfit that has been submitted as a listing is we actually truly check all the components of the outfit digitally to make sure, do we think this is going to sell at this price point based on data from, you know, we've been collecting for several months and a couple of years now to trends of which types of styles are popular and selling right now, what season we're in right now, what types of influencers are, you know, pushing out the latest content regarding the types of brands they're working with. All of those things influence the market and what buyers are looking to purchase, even if it's secondhand. So those all come into play and we suggest a price accordingly if we think that the initial sale price may be too high or too low. So the pricing is a very important component because for me, item may be very valuable because of the sentimental value or what I paid, but the buyers out there may not be willing to pay the price that I think is the price that I wish. So your intervention based on your knowledge, based on the data that you've gathered over the last couple of years is important for the customer for the seller to be successful and through the seller for you to be successful? Honestly, there have been a couple of sellers who are pretty set on the price that they want to list it at. And for them, their priority is not to just sell the item right away, but they want to sell it at a specific price. And they're willing to wait months and months until there's a buyer who is willing to wait for that. And there are other sellers, and it really depends on what your motive is when your goal is when you're looking to sell your South Asian clothing. But there's other sellers who are just like, Priyasha, help me 
do whatever it takes to get this sold. I need to get it out of my closet. And if you can't get it sold within a month, can you donate it for me? And so there's really a lot of, there's a whole spectrum of different types of people who use our platform, depending on what their goals are. So do the buyers have an option of placing a bid on an item that they like? Um, Basically, the auction model of purchasing. Yes, right now we do have a model where you can place an offer. For example, if something is listed at $500 and you would love to purchase it, but you would love to only pay $400 for it, you can work with us and we'll work with the seller to come to a final price that both the buyer and seller are happy with. So how do you reduce impact of Sakya with in terms of shipping? Because there are these items which are being shipped all over the country and potentially across the globe. Yes, our mission with Sakya is to solve one sustainability issue in the fashion industry, especially South Asian fashion industry, which is these garments already exist. They're sitting unused in many of our closets all around the country. And so our goal is to be able to share those garments without contributing to overconsumption, new garment making, manufacturing processes that have a lot of byproducts of waste. What our goal is, is to be able to ship all of these items that we already have to other buyers who are looking for new items to wear. To them, it's a new item, but to you, it's something that you've pre-loved already. As users of Sakya's platform, we are all being a little more conscious and sustainable with our South Asian fashion choices by not contributing to buying new every single time we have an event to go to. What is the most popular item that sells? That's a good question. The most popular item actually which sells are saris. A lot of people who are looking for unique textiles, very, very vintage silks, cotton saris, different types of Banarasi saris, things that are harder to come by at such an affordable price is one of the most common things that sell on our platform. Saris nowadays can be very expensive unless you shop directly from India. The second most common thing are wedding guest wear, like langas, shararas, very trendy pieces that especially the younger generation is looking to purchase for their next wedding event. And with saris, you don't have a sizing problem. It's six yards of fabric and you wrap it around. Absolutely. And that's one of the most beautiful things about saris is it's one size fits all, literally one size fits all. It doesn't discriminate by body type. Exactly. So you have men's and women's, right? We have men's, women's and children's wear. And children's wear is actually especially I think, fulfilling for the buyer because it's so hard to find and which the kids will probably wear it maybe just one time before they've grown a whole size larger, right? Absolutely. A lot of our buyers and sellers are moms with kids who are, you know, toddlers to just seven, eight years old who are growing rapidly are only able to wear an outfit once or twice just because they grow out of it so quickly. And so a lot of mothers use Sakya as a platform to buy and sell their children's clothing, which is one of our top sellers as well. So what would be a win for your customer? May it be the buyer or the seller? What makes them happy? The deal, prompt delivery, or just being able to own something really beautiful? From a buyer standpoint, I think it really depends on why you're coming to Sakya. Um, a lot of people are coming to Sakya 
because they're looking to be more sustainable. And that is such a fulfilling thing for a lot of people who are passionate about that. Just knowing that they're contributing to a sustainable brand, a sustainable process, that on its own is, I think, a really rewarding thing to be able to support and make a purchase that contributes to that. On a seller's side, it's very similar, which is I get to find a sustainable way to pass my clothes along instead of just having them sit in my closet or tossing them or donating them. And I might be making you know, at least 50 to maybe even 80% of what I paid for it just by getting rid of it and giving it to someone else who can use it. So Sakya is about two years old now? Yes, coming up on two years. Where do you see yourself in five years? Or maybe an Asian rent the runway, possibly? Or do you plan to scale up to that level? Our goal at Sakya is to be a true, sustainable and accessible hub for South Asian fashion. And that expands beyond the U.S. But I think there are many different avenues of becoming more sustainable within South Asian fashion that we have yet to even explore. Like for instance? For instance, a rental marketplace, which is becoming increasingly popular within South Asian fashion. Um, I envision even working with different brands who have excess clothing, surplus clothing that they just need a platform to support them to get rid of, you know, one or two seasons old types of garments that they've had for, you know, sitting in their inventory, you know, warehouses. There's so many different ways to support not only consumers, but also other businesses who want to be more sustainable. And I can't wait for Sakya to be able to support all of those. Wishing you all the best and success. Thank you, Priyasha, for coming on Mindful Businesses. Thank you so much, Vidya, for having me. You're listening to Mindful Businesses, produced and hosted by Vidya Ayer. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to info at mindfulbusinessespodcast.com. If you learned a thing or two from this episode, share it with one friend. Click on the subscribe button to be the first to learn about our latest episodes. We recorded this podcast in Buffalo, New York. Theme music was composed by Tatum Gale. Roseanne Kurian is our marketing assistant. Kitten Karat is our podcast editor. Our advisors are Jim Stone and Anupama Pashricha. This is Vidya Ayer with Mindful Businesses.